Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and there's a hole in the big toe of every sock that I own. This chat is with none other than animator, artist, and director Lori Rowan, who is best known from me sharing all his really cool Instagram posts in my stories. But actually, he's world-renowned for his very quirky, loopy, and super cute 3D animation style that has gotten him client work from the BBC, Disney, Google, MTV, and so many other clients, and picked him up numerous accolades like a children's BAFTA win and a super coveted Vimeo staff pick. In our chat, Lori's gonna share how he left his job to pursue his own animation style and how that made him go viral on social media, which in turn led to a full independent animation career. But first, this episode is sponsored by Cloud Stop Motion, who've created possibly the easiest way to start animating from your phone, tablet, laptop, or desktop in seconds. Simply go to cloudstopmotion.com and click Start Animating. Their software works in any modern browser and your files are instantly stored to the cloud. And the best part is that they are completely free to use up to 500 megabytes of storage, which is actually quite a lot. They're especially useful also if you're teaching a class since you can create an organization account which comes with two gigabytes of free storage as standard and allows the creation of unlimited student groups and profiles, all of whose projects and work you can view for yourself from your admin account. Go to cloudstopmotion.com to see how easy it is to get started. Now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Laurie. Thank you so much for coming on the chat. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you doing? Super great. Yeah. So I'm super excited to talk to you because you're somebody kind of that I sort of aspire to be like. Like I super, I super like just love how you've developed a style and, you know, it's gotten recognized to the point that you've been able to do so many cool things over the years. Um, so maybe just take me back to when you seriously decided to pursue what you're doing versus, you know, becoming a farmer or a computer engineer or, you know, something else, like take me to the point where right. Colonel Laurie was like, you know what, seriously going to consider pursuing this really strange, amazing art that I have in my head. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Firstly. Um, I mean, I've been animating for, for a long time now, I think probably about 15 years. Um, yeah. And it was, I mean, it's only the last, I'd say, <clears throat> like five years that I've done stuff in specifically the style that you'll be familiar with. Uh, so there's about a 10 year period before that where it was completely, you know, not that. Oh, wow. So did um, you, so, so, so were you, did you go to animation school and you were like working in a studio and stuff? No, no, I didn't go to animation school, but I did. I did a degree in in media production, which kind of touched upon it, and it was more it was more focused on film, really, or film production. So kind of sort of stepping into documentary a little bit. But animation is something that I always did, just habitually. Anyway, so I was animating as a kid. I used to play my dad's old video camera and. This is a long-winded non-answer to your, your question, but no, it's great. You know, it was always something that I kind of just naturally gravitated towards. And, you know, in the way that some people would maybe music, it just sort of seemed to be my natural skill set. Um, but I mean, when I went to uni, it was 2003. And I hadn't really identified animation as something that's a valid career choice. You know, the internet wasn't what it is now. There wasn't all those outlets i just thought cartoons were just on television yeah 
that was an impenetrable other thing. Uh, and I just enjoyed doing it um, for fun. Um, but then it was when I decided to take it seriously and do it as a career, it's when I started to get a little sort of glimmer that it, it could be done. And hmm. without a lot of context, right? I think it was, it was, it was something along the lines of seeing like a Don Hertzfeld animation on YouTube, like quite early YouTube and thinking, oh, okay, so that's something that's not, you know, specifically Hanna-Barbera or you know, any other big studio. It, it can be done by a single entity. And, um, and then I, I was just, you know, after I finished uni, I, I carried on doing the job that I was paying my way through uni doing, which was doing the commentary on this dolphin game on a pier. Um, it wasn't making me particularly happy. Yeah. I left that to pursue what I thought was a, a real job, which, you know, the criteria is quite low at that point. That was just something that involved wearing a tie and being indoors. <laughs> was the kind of, you know, the, the wow. lofty <laughs> ambitions I had. I worked in a call centre for a little while. And... Um, I'm really glad I did because I um, I really really didn't enjoy it. So okay, really so, so you said you just said you weren't really happy doing what you're doing, and then you decided to pursue yeah. something with a tie indoors. <laughs> That's right, yeah, because I was working outdoors on a on a you know on a on a pier, just sort of with this racing game behind me, doing the commentary, doing like number one, number one, which is good at the summer. So you have a great long, long speaking time. speaking voice and like <laughs> can entertain a crowd, I guess. It's a long time ago, <laughs> but you know, I had, um, and it's not to say that I was fantastic at it either. Yeah. You know, it's, um, sometimes I've got, I've get into the spirit, but other times people would just come and find a, you know, grumpy guy reading a book. Just have to go, oh, okay. And trust all like some of this sort of carnival atmosphere out of nothing. But yeah, it was just, um, I worked in this call center for, for about six months and I just, I, I couldn't stand everything about it. I mean, the main thing was the timekeeping down to the minute. I remember having uh, been called in by one of my supervisors and saying, you know, it's come to our attention that you were, um, you've been two minutes late across the week oh my from God. your lunch. You know, it's kind of, That's crazy. Right, right? Oh yeah, it was, it was just, you know. It was, um, wow. So, so you know, you said you did animation for 10 years before you developed this style. Can you tell me more about how you got into that? Because you didn't go to animation school. You said you took like media. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always in fact, so that basically the, the long wouldn't say that was the way of like kind of having the most miserable job was really early on was, was a blessing in that I just had to go and make an assessment about what I actually wanted to do. Yeah. And I, I had the benefit of being able to go to my I was 20, 20, 21, and uh, I saved up a little bit of money and said to my parents, can I just move back in for a little bit because the place I was living, Brighton, is prohibitively expensive. I just want a bit of time to reset and, and just kind of think, okay, you know what, I, I don't feel ready out of university to go and get my first job. Let's just take a little bit of time to figure out what it is. And it was just, it was animation. Um, so I just I downloaded as many job applications as I could animation I just made a big checklist of the things that are required for some entry level position and then I made a website where I tried to just exhibit all of those essentially wow. one page like it had a landing page with a kind of Victorian train going through a, a landscape and then into this landscape which was has got some hallmarks of the sorts of things I mean to contorted angles and, and that but it's this I think it was probably very much influenced about where I was. I'm from North Wales originally, which is a very rural landscape and a sort of a, a village which um, 
has a lot of Victorian features. So right. you know, incredibly literal. It was like a distorted version of that that went onto the screen and had this thing of a, a kind of train pulling up onto a platform and a guy getting out of it, opening a suitcase and the menu flew out of that and adorned the screen. Oh, wow. It was just absolutely non-functional. Was this 3D? Like, 3D animation? No, it 3D. wasn't. It was it was flash. Flash. It was 2D flash yeah. animation. Yeah. Um, with some um it's like a mixture of Illustrator, Photoshop, and Flash. I think that was the kind of extent of the repertoire at the time. But it works. And then sort of three months after having done that, I got my first job. In wow. So that was enough, just showing this like train through the landscape with the menu coming out. Somebody was like, we need this guy. Entry level, done. Pretty much. I mean. That's impressive. Yeah. I love that you downloaded every job application, look through the qualifications where like, I'm going to get these. Because, you know, a lot of people start with just like, what do I have now? And then try to fit that into job applications. But you did the opposite. You're like, what are people looking for? And then you just gave it to them. Just the luxury of time. Yeah. So it's very lucky to have that bit of, bit of time. Um, but I mean, also, I just, you know, like I say, it's something I always gravitate. So even though I didn't have a you know, a professional repertoire of work. I had been working on bits and pieces. I had enough to go. Although they did ask me for another sample. I'm like, have you got any other bits? And that was one of the things is nothing was kind of, everything was just little tests. It was just little bits that sort of established themselves and then ended or just kind of, you know, one character on a blank background. Nothing was complete. So it's just kind of in the spirit of the time. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they just panicked and just kind of tried to make something, you know, made us, I made like a 15 second film of a robot. Wow. Pooing a big ball bearing. Wow. That sounds yeah. reoccurring themes in, in my work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would hire you if I saw that. I'd be like, this guy's creative, funny, psychological. Uh, he likes robots. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so then you spent the next 10 years uh, working in animation. So you started off as a, maybe a flash animator and then you like were working for studios. Like what, what are some of the projects you worked on during that time that you um, got to the point where you're like, um, screw this, I'm going to do my own thing now. <laughs> yeah, it was, I worked for two small studios um, before I went freelance. So it was very eclectic. I mean, one of the things, the first job I went in for, there wasn't any kind of, we're all feeling our way. So I mean, one of the reasons that I got a job straight off like that was because, you know, the studio didn't really know what they were doing. It was, um, I'm not going to say the name because... Um, <laughs> it's Pixar now. <laughs> because no, 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 because it's certainly not Pixar now. But, I mean, the, you know, I, I think the people who ran the company didn't really know, didn't really have much of an interest in animation other than the idea that, you know, owning IP is good and that's what they ultimately wanted to do. Yeah. So they just hired people that sort of seemed on paper to be the right thing. And we could muddled our way through and came up with our own pipeline. And it was a bit, we went further than we should have done. <laughs> because oh, hey, it also got you your start. So like maybe you needed somebody who. Absolutely. No, it was really good. And, yeah. and, and you know, everyone, um, everyone is there has gone on to better things. It, um, but we sort of muddled through and we, our first job was um, it's kind of a medium that doesn't really exist anymore, which is these short uh, clips for mobile phone. Mm. Well, it doesn't exist anymore because we had smartphones. We didn't back then. We had like these like, tiny Nokia's, and they the really novel things you could you just got video on mobile, 
And so people would you know, spend something in the region of about, I think it's something like $6 to get like one clip, which is 30 seconds long. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it had the same sort of effect as what people gathering at a campfire, just going, look at this. Like, can right. you believe it? It's small and moving. And um, we made uh, a series um, of those clips, which, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that people would value something like that so much. It was, right. it was a pre-existing TV show. And we just extract things that would be considered, you know, single jokes from, from a longer narrative. And then we'll just take the audio from a DVD and then reanimate it in flash. Wow. And that really was, look, that's the way I learned. Wow, was that's that, crazy. That project, it was like a year and a half of, of just doing that with this set of characters. And the really good thing about that was that it wasn't just the case of kind of making something move and, you know, just getting something that was loosely resemble human movement. It was, you had specific characters who had specific sets of movements and characteristics that you had to match mm. and then exaggerate. And so if you were to watch that series that we made back, you know, you'd see something that started as, as not fit for purpose. And by the end of it, I think something that was, you know, relatively uh, established. And so that was the the first thing. And then just very luckily, there was a, a local team making a TV show for Channel 4 um, in the city. And they, they came to, to us and we animated on that. Um, and then as a studio, we, we did some more work for Channel 4 and then some stuff for the BBC. So, you know, the kind of all the larger commissioning bodies in the yeah. uk okay cool so you're you know the studio's coming a little bit more well known you're getting a lot more experience at what point did you start diving into 3d because now all of your stuff is is 3d was that yeah. during your tenure tenure as well yeah. that was that was just by necessity i remember the, like, the specific thing i needed to do was there was one animation that required like an ice cream van uh, to drive around a corner and because the designs of the project were just were quite geometric it just it made sense to rather than just redrawing it frame by frame on the production schedule we have, just to learn enough 3d to make this thing move around and just the, the novelty of not having to to redraw something yeah. um was great so i did 3d for a while but what i did to start with is i've never really i don't think i have the confidence to fully work in 3D for a while and for that to be the, the end product. I, I used it as a kind of what I was terming at the time as sort of a backbone of just making traceable assets, you know, and, and um, so run cycles and things like that and just for foreshortening. And so just purely for reference. And then it started to take over. And, but I mean, I was predominantly a, a 2D animator for, for most of those 10 years. Do you ever feel like going back to 2D now that you, or you're just like, nope, done, moved on? Case specific, I think. Like the thing that I really like about 3D and the reason that I choose it for the, the stuff that I do and the stuff I'm familiar with is just, I, I find it hard to recreate that same sense of physicality. Hmm. So I think the shadow form, the waiting is really important yeah. to what is the kind of the essential joke of the piece, which is, these, yeah. you know, the sort of the, the wobbly movements of it. I think it's, it's something you can do in 2D, certainly, but I, it wouldn't have the same. Totally. Same yeah, 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 I understand. So tell me about <clears throat> tell me about the moment where you decided to quit all of this experience and career that you'd made for the last 10 years and go completely freelance. Like, did you have 
work coming in with that where you were like you know what i'm just gonna like this is enough for me to sustain myself or did you make a conscious decision to pursue your own art no i think when i became freelance so that was about seven years ago my timeline's not going to completely add up because i'm kind of just plucking it out of my head but uh so yeah that was about seven years ago that i went freelance and it was it was due to redundancy at the mm. time i was very lucky that um you know, the, the studio that I, I worked for uh, just kind of closed down and it was a, it held out for a long time after the crash, but a lot of studios in the area went down. And then I think about three years later, we were one of the, one of the last ones to, to go. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of us at the same time, we all went freelance and then were able to pick up some work uh, through contacts at that previous company. So I kind of left with, I was kind of pushed, but hmm. I welcomed it because it's something I've been thinking of for a while. But I think it's always one of those things. Which, like, I'll do it one day. I'll do it one day. Um, and I don't, I don't know realistically if I would have, would have jumped if it wasn't pushed. But, but yeah, so I basically I became freelance and I ended up doing exactly the same kind of work that I was doing for studios. Huh. So um, Did you have yeah. clients lined up or did you suddenly you were just pushed out of this job with nothing and you're like sitting on your couch being like, now what? No, no, I was I was back to work um, ah. within the month, so I had I had work lined up and um, just from I mean, the stuff like, I was doing from where though Sorry. from just clients from the studio that because the studio was down they needed it somebody to yeah. do it. Ah, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all it all came part and parcel of that. Um, yeah, the right contacts, the right people, the right time. Um, but yeah, it was the same kind of work. So the stuff that I was doing at that time, um, I'd started off like very early in original series stuff. And then by the time I went freelance, I was doing kind of third party stuff. So a lot of web, um, you know, like children's games, that kind of thing in browser games and um, app design for, for shows by, by Nickelodeon or Disney or, or that kind of thing. Um, and so then that's what I did for about two years because that's what my entire. So you're um, already pretty well okay. established, known if you're designing stuff for Nickelodeon and Disney. Like they're they're looking to trust somebody who has experience and a like a unique creative directive and stuff like that. Like, how did you get them to trust you versus I don't know? They could have gone to anybody else. Um, well, I mean, I guess there's a you know that's that's holding a lot of weight that we're designing for because you know you you have a design bible. And you match mm. it so it was very by, by the right and it's always kind of third party so so you know, they, they were hiring the studio the studio has hired me um so it's always smaller um studios based in brighton or london yeah. about as far afield it went at that point um it's because i had a portfolio of a lot of it basically so all the stuff i'd done and we were small teams as well the place i was working so um i was mainly the lead on anything i've worked on at that point for the last couple of years so yeah i mean i was a kind of a safe pair of hands i think and that was kind of demonstrable there's just a lot of it and i'll be working solidly day in day on this stuff for, for, for years by that point so so when did you decide to move uh, well i don't know maybe you're still designing stuff for like nickelodeon disney and third parties and studios and stuff but from my perspective, it seems like you're doing a lot of your own unique style. Like when, at what point did you consciously decide to start pursuing that? Because, you know, you've done Pictoplasma, you've done uh, like, you know, you're 
tons of like spots, uh, like all this stuff. Yeah, it was funny enough. You mentioned Pixar. It was Pixar last minute, but you've got a poster on your happening. wall right there, so I could not, couldn't not. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, <laughs> pretty dominant, isn't it? Where, where did you pluck that from? Um, yeah, it was, it was. Oh, when would it have been? It was, um, I don't know, it was the year before that. So 2017 is um, I went to Pixar last minute for the second time. I've gone when I've worked at a studio back in 2013. Uh, but I went in 2017 and I kind of always aspired to do my own stuff, but it was kind of really tangential. I didn't know really what that meant. And then going there and watching all these artists speak, it was um, made me incredibly inspired and jealous that you could have a sense of autonomy in your work. It hadn't really, I remembered starting with that aspiration, but I forgotten that that's what I wanted to do and I kind of yeah. and I've, I've tried it in different ways but I kind of I always known that I'd wanted to do something that was kind of based around comedy and animation I'd been a stand-up comedian for a few years before that as well so I'd kind of I'd work in the studios and then in the evenings I'd go and do some some oh, wow. gigs and it, it was an open micer really yeah. like it wasn't that's still I'm, super fun established it was but it was kind of I, I guess that was the kind of um that was a reaction to animation being something that's so laborious. Yeah. You know, to then the opposite end of that spectrum is something that can be created, not created on the night, it's pre-scripted, but, you know, has that performed element and, can, you know, you can, can play with it. Yeah. So that was my creative outlet. And I kind of stopped doing that. And, um, and then going to Picture Plaza sort of reminded me why that was and how I'd always intended to bring these things together. Um, and it just kind of just instilled in me uh, kind of, well, has to be now really doesn't it so I, I came back and then just set myself a project to just start animating putting things out and and the thing was to stop doing these little tests yeah because that's what my instagram feed and and any web presence i had beforehand was just i wasn't figuring it out like why is this not really getting people's attention it's like, oh it's because it's like one head turn and nothing else you know yeah. or you know some guy walking across the landscape with, with no other context and so I, I kind of thought, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll bring together the different parts of kind of what I've learned through animation. But then also the, I think the, the stand-up was really important to that because I would say, and it's hard to have an outside perspective running work, but when I have tried to look at it and deconstruct it, I, I think it's that um, each piece that I put out, each animated piece, firstly has its own internal logic, so it doesn't require any further explanation yeah. and the other thing is it, it resolves and it has basically the construction of a joke format okay know, i think it's interesting to me that you see your like i've never heard anybody describe their animation as as like comedy before because like when i look at your animation you've got like super smooth loops there's like you know it's its own little world all the physics is kind of it makes sense but it's a little off and then you've got like super cute characters who are like like it makes sense that it's comedy but like are you telling punchlines with your animation or is it more like, you know, the whole piece in itself is kind of a play on, on something? Probably the worst person to ask. I don't know. Oh, no. It's, it's sort of, no, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's good, but it's like, kind of, you know, it, it's put together in a kind of a half a sort of fugue state. You know, I sort of, I come up with the, the kernel of an idea and then see where it goes. And there's, yeah. there's the plan and there's a level of improvisation around it. And huh. I would say that it kind of my preoccupation generally 
is to make things funny. Yeah, I mean, I think whether it, or not like, that lands or not, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. But it's kind of, and part of that, I mean, I guess I've I've got a very loose definition of of, of what is a joke or what is comedy, and I, I think it's um, you know, I would call the kind of uh, I don't know the proportions of a character a joke. You know, okay. Fair. If, yeah, if yeah, something's yeah. kind of awkwardly long limbed, that's that's my my. Totally. No, I love it. I always feel like every time you come up with something new, I'm like, I, it's it's like super curious to me, and it's like fun and silly and a little bit absurdist and uh just like i don't know it's just very interesting to watch but i i i'm gonna start thinking about it as a joke and see how i perceive your work now because i think that's really cool so okay so you started developing you you were like hey i need to stop doing tests i need to do something more complete so you were actively trying to get more attention to your freelance work and just through this exploration, you develop this style, like this style doesn't come from like, um, you know, childhood drawings or like influences from other things or like it just kind of developed on its own from what you were noticing was taking off. Because I guess, I guess I'm wondering, like, how do I intentionally get a lot more of attention to my work? Because for me, I have this conflicting thing where I like want to stay in this style that I love versus like, you know, what actually gets the attention and how can those two things merge because you have a lot of you know you have tons of followers on instagram etc you've got like accolades coming out of your who knows what like <laughs> yeah i don't know it's um i do know i'll, I'll get to it I'm just, okay i'm just, I'm just scrolling for time <laughs> but, um, i mean i don't know there's a distinction you drew there between like kind of working the style that you love and what will be popular and I, I don't I don't know if that necessarily existed for me mm. I do think I kind of came into it naturally there were things that inspired it like um you know bar house is a bit like the sort of structure the strong silhouettes of, of, of bar house and the, sort of the color contract within that that's definitely there um part of it was actually I think previously the stuff that I've done and the, and the things I was referring to is kind of like endless tests were just stuff that was over ornate or um that I would never finish had more of a sort of comic book sensibility to it, you know, or to kind of um, I was obsessed with kind of getting too much gradation of tone into something that's animated and not really playing it out over kind of like, okay, so how much work would it take to actually make this come to fruition as a piece of animation? So it was really a very conscious effort to get a minimalist with it. So the first thing I did was the first test I did was actually it was more about time. I did this kind of this weird little test that's not kind of again it was a test again but halfway house between kind of what my style was which was a bit more grotesque i guess back yeah. in, in the day compared to what i'm doing now which was this this guy that was kind of, kind of like sort of upright worm thing with little wiggly arms and he just sort of shakes and that was sort of notionally funny look kind of nervous or it was kind of I thought it was funny that, he, that there's something going on, there's some physical reaction, there's some um, emotion being displayed, but you're not entirely sure what it is, and it's abstract enough that anyone could kind of you know engage with it, with however they find it. Um, but the main thing behind that is like, how quickly can I do something that has some kind of empathetic mm. core? And um, and so it was literally just kind of making the mesh for it, really really simple. Uh, and then adding some physics to it so that when the center sort of wobbled around, so I'm using a lot of non-verbals here, 
and the centre wobbled around, the limbs kind of flapped around with it and it took something in the region of two hours and, you know, I deemed that a success. Nice. And then after a little while that stopped becoming the criteria when I you know, figured out actually probably things need a, a little bit more attention lavished on them. Now you're spending like 16 hours on just the face. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> no well it's, it's always changing i mean a lot of my the, the thing that so when you when you made this conscious decision to start you know what you just described where you're like taking things a little bit differently did you start to see an uptick right away in how people were giving attention to your work it's quite quick yeah oh wow like, okay um, i mean it was I'd, I'd say it happened probably across the course of a month wow so yeah it was quick so then how did I mean, oh sorry yeah. no no so how did social media impact because because you know your career in this sense like has it given you opportunities from creating these things that people were reacting to to specifically you know work on MTV spots and like do magazine illustrations and stuff like that I'd say it is entirely responsible Entirely oh my gosh yeah, okay. yeah. at what point did you start to notice because like you have 40 almost 40,000 followers now um, and for instance, like I have like 5,000 followers and like job opportunities. I've gotten like one in the last like two years and it didn't even flash out from my Instagram, for instance. So like what, at what point did you start to notice that you would get job opportunities from your Instagram? Like, was there, a, was there like a threshold of like hitting like, I don't know, a thousand, 2000, 10,000 followers that you started to notice? No, I mean, I guess when I, when I say it's entirely responsible, I guess it's, it's entirely responsible for getting the first wave of interest that would kind of start to, to take it out of, of purely that. So I guess that's a bit of a contradictory statement. But um, it was like when I, when I started, I'll, I'll just say when I started posting things, I, I came up with the rule of I post one thing a week. Wow, okay. So and, the discipline. Yeah. And I just sort of, um, and at that point as well, if I didn't have work on, I wouldn't um, really actively pursue it if I could afford not to, you know, so yeah. I'd allow the time to do this sort of thing. And that's the balance I've kept throughout since as always, definitely last year when I haven't had the chance to do as much um, personal work as I would have liked, but um, that's a good problem to have. Um, What's the point of making two? Yes, okay. So, like, yeah, the first couple of, of animations didn't do a lot beyond what I would get before, but it was sort of measured in terms of likes. So, you know, the first one was like a hundred. And at that point, that was the most I've ever got. And then, you know, the next one was a couple of hundred. And then it was about four in where wow. I did the four or five where I did the spinning head that sort of reveals smaller faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's since, you know, I use that as my logo and that's the kind of, um, that became sort of the main character of my piece, the reoccurring character of everything I do. And at that point, that's, it started to get a lot more attention. People, first it was kind of compliments from friends, friends who had previously never even mentioned anything I'd done, you know, and sort of, voluntarily said oh I like this one which meant yeah. a lot to me because like, hey, I really said that I'm here <laughs> um, yeah arrived um but I submitted it to a blog as well um a blog called boom with like seven O's. yeah Ooh, yeah with and, all the um, 
so many O's. And um, I was really self-conscious about that. So you were just like, hey, hey, guys, like I made this thing. I'm I'm proud of it, but I'm really self-conscious of it. Would you feature it or something like that? It with less words. Yeah, I just kind of um... it's high like <laughs> this, please. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just I said nothing like it was they have they have an open submission. Yeah. Well, they did at the time. So um, put it in front of them. And I was really surprised that they they were really, really responsive to it. And oh. um in fact, they had a, a YouTube channel which didn't really have anything on it at the time. And they just and they said, "Well, could we put it on that?" And so it actually stayed on the boom like sort of sidebar for for a few months, just kind of permanently there as well. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of that was a hell of a thing. And um, and then after that, after a few more animations, uh, the blog it's nice that got in touch and and they wrote a feature on these shorts. So you'd only and done four animations and then you got a feature written about you um a few more but it was it was quite, oh. but i mean I, there's illustrations in amongst that as well. i've noticed that so so I've, ch I've chatted with a bunch of people on this podcast and it seems like when somebody decides to discipline themselves and say like i'm going to do something every day or every week that's when things really start to change yeah yeah so like to, was, fa yeah fast forward I'll now so like you know i guess 20 2021 is over can you get like what was the year for you? Were you doing a mix of like, you know, still the directing and stuff for the Nickelodeons and whatever, and then also like a big mix of, you know, making your own art and 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 freelancing your style? Um, I tend to just work in my style now. Wow. I've done, that was the, that was the turning point. I think like a couple of years ago, um, more self-styled stuff took Amazing. over what I was previously That's doing. That's so cool. Um, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, 2021 was, yeah, it was purely directing, really. So I direct so, through Nexus. So um, tell me, okay, so you just work for a year or two doing just completely your own style. Are you working towards something specifically? Because it's like at the beginning, you had this very directive approach to saying, I want to consciously become a freelancer after listening to that talk where you felt inspired and jealous. <laughs> yeah. so what is there a next step now for you or is it you've reached this like you know zen state where you're like i, I love doing what i'm doing and i'm just going to keep doing this um no there's more i think there's yeah. um you know it's it's there's always the struggle of kind of i think like a, a few years ago that was the thing to mention about pixel because you know posters there as well so like i was really inspired by it and then the next year i designed the posters for it and the year after that i spoke at it you know and did think, um, some yeah. installations and stuff and that was the big thing but the, the reason i mentioned it the one thing i really struggled with when i was sort of doing the talks was the kind of the intangibility of what i was actually doing mm. in terms of kind of like well what is the what is the product what is it attached to is it enough that it's these things that go out onto social media and people respond to them and what context is that sitting you know what i mean it's it's kind of so it's always been a search for context. <laughs> so it's kind okay. of like, where do these things fit? What larger vessels do these things make up? You know. And, um, so, like, what you uh, maybe let me interpret what you're saying. Like, I guess as an IP, essentially, like your style, how does it fit into the world? Like, is it is it a is it a TV show character? Is it a just a style that appears in 
uh, creative magazines? Like, like, do you, do you have an answer or something you're trying to work towards? Because when you think of like, there's certain artists that like stand out and you're like, oh, I wreck it like Banksy, for instance, like where does his mm. stuff fit in? But you know exactly what it is, I guess. It's, it's graffiti essentially. But like, are you yeah. trying to be like, kind of like that where your stuff is like kind of here and there and everywhere and influences little things here and there? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No, I'd like it to be something finite you know, whether or not that's a kind okay. of um, TV show or, or something on those lines, you know, there's, there's a bank of characters, um, something a bit sort of longer format, I think. I'm very interested in doing work for young children. Interesting. I have one now. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of seeing a lot of the world from that perspective all the time. So maybe um, for like, if you're comfortable discussing, I guess, like, what is your makeup of projects currently like I know you've I, I've seen because I've like followed your Instagram I know that you're here and there and everywhere but like thinking about the last year like what were the main sources of like you know maybe like work that you ended up doing uh, I did a few illustration pieces so I did a piece for um for Google quite early on in the year um I did something for Upwork um a piece of okay. there and then I've been doing some direction work through Nexus. Um, right. Who oh, yeah, represent me for my directing work. So yeah, I did a couple of, of projects for them, so advertising uh, projects. Okay, so I guess like looking back, your style mainly lives in uh, like uh, commissioned illustrations. Yeah. And yeah, not yeah. so much the animation, even though it comes from animation. Um, well, I mean, they just take a lot longer. So, yeah. I mean, there's only so many you can do for the year, but I've, I've done, um, towards the end of last year, I did quite a, an involved one for um, a company. <laughs> I can't remember right now. Oh, no. um, yeah, um, that's okay. So, uh, but yeah, but that's purely myself, but it's also my style's kind of- So maybe this is why you want to move more towards yeah. animation and something more permanent, because that's where it comes from. I'm, okay, so just maybe a side note, I was, I was interested in how you got, uh, you know, you're repped by Nexus. Like, how does that, how did that happen? How did they sign you? Or like, I don't know exactly the stipulations. And then how has that affected your career? Um, they, well, they, they, got, they must have seen my stuff online. Um, well, they just reached out to you. They're like, hey, hey, Laurie, yeah. we like you. <laughs> you want to come work for us? We'll send you some directing gigs. And you're like, yes, please. <laughs> I think it was a, it was a picture, picture part of the lineup had been announced. Oh, point. wow. Okay. I kind of, um, and I was quite visible on it. So I think that might have had something to do. And I had a couple of, I had a meeting with a few people at the time. Hmm. And um, yeah, it was very fortunate to, to be able to kind of make a, a choice. And I, for Nexus, because we, we talked about just um, to being able to transition into that, basically, yeah. sort of, you know, because I, I guess I wasn't previously interested title of being a director as opposed to just kind of an animator. And, you know, I, I suppose the, the distinction for me is how solitary that experience is, you know. There, yeah. And that's, that's one of the really good things that working with Nexus has got an incredible um production team and cool. um so you know the the capacity of your work or the the vision can really scale up depending on, on how many people how many specialisms you can get involved totally yeah. yeah the most pleasurable thing in the last year i think is just 
you know, being able to kind of to, to upscale these ideas. Nice. Or do something that's a bit more narrative based. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, so looking forward, I guess this year, you you said you want to get into more something that's more permanent uh, and like figure out where your style fits. What? How are you intentionally uh, planning to do that? Because I feel like you've reached a state where people are reaching out to you uh, with pretty steady work because you know you're pretty well known. Your style is very unique. And it adds like as soon as you, at least for me, as soon as I see it anywhere, I'm like, oh, cool. I know like this is awesome. It like stands out. So like how are, because you could take this next year and just say like, you know, I'm going to go with the flow. I've, I've signed with Nexus. People are going to reach out to me. I'll do illustrations. But if, if you're planning on intentionally, uh, you know, moving your art into something more permanent in the world, how are you? I feel like this question I'm asking is like five minutes long. <laughs> how are you? How are you? going to make that happen it's kind of you say your question is five minutes long but it's like that's the question i perpetually ask myself across a period of months so okay. like, well let's let's um, let's answer yeah, it it's, it's interesting it's yeah well let's place it yeah and then i'll take that answer it, and do it for myself as well because that's also i was like doing some planning yeah. i'm like how can i <laughs> But it's the perpetual question, isn't it? I don't, you yeah. know, it's 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 interesting. I don't know. The works first, I think. And that's, I mean, one of the one of the good things is or one of the things I'm really trying to do is, is just kind of not seem a bit kind of fluffy and esoteric, but it's just to kind of just clear some headspace to figure out what it is. So as opposed to kind of um the mechanisms of getting it out there, it's just to have something tangible to get out there. I think so, it's so interesting that you created the style based me, it's on... just to do a lot of work. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, oh, no, 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 go on. I think it's so interesting that you created this whole style that's become your online persona based on you saying to yourself, like, I want to become a freelancer and then developing your style from this. And it was like that discipline and drive that created this. And now that you've got this thing, you're like, how do I take it to the next next step? Like, what if you said to yourself, like, you know, I'm going to do this whole like discipline and see what works all over again to get to the next step. And it ends up evolving into something completely different. Would you feel like you had a loss of like this style that you've developed and kind of like everybody loves, or would you feel like you've evolved like a Pokemon into the next, next level just to see where it is? Like, are you looking to take this specific thing with you or just go forward to the next thing? Does that make sense? I think, yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it does make sense. I think, like, I don't think it's a, I wouldn't shed the style, like, because it's not something that's it's not that calculated, I suppose, in terms of it's kind of like I fill banks and banks of sketchbooks, and this is the stuff that comes out, and it gets more nuanced, but it's by repetition, yeah. and um, I don't think there'll ever be a sort of a clean break on it becoming something else. It will evolve because things naturally do, you know, but. Um, I guess it'll kind of like to varying degrees of complexity or, you know, depending on what it needs to do, uh, what it's trying to express, you know, whether or not those ideas become more complicated or the nature of those ideas change and the character designs will probably change with that. But I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, I think, a, I think there would be a loss if it was a complete departure because I don't see the necessity to do that. I think mm. it's, um, you know, if I, unless, 
yeah, I think the biggest departure would probably be to go into live action or something yeah. like that and not oh, do animation yeah, at all, but do sort of like, you know, forms that are, are based around. Hey, you've already made material puppets and wooden sculptures and things of your 3D thing. So who knows? Live action with puppets? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be up for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've done CGI with puppets. Yeah. yeah. So, you no, know, I, think, um, I think this is super yeah. interesting. I'll like, be working on some stuff. I've got a 3D printer, and this will be for the, the video one, but I've started to work on new. Oh, wow. You've made methods. little finger boots. <laughs> <laughs> Middle finger boots. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, well, that's a... you know those are the kinds of things I plan. I mean, that's one thing I want to do on sort of in terms of the social stuff. You know, I'm I'm planning a kind of. I've not been as active on it hmm. uh, for the last year as, as as much as I'd like to, and like I sort of lose work because work. There's been a steady stream of work. For, I haven't really had the time to do that, but um. I, I mean, that's that's great that. and. Because, bad for everybody following you i guess great for you <laughs> so yeah but i mean that's where you find it you know that's that's the kind of that's the there's a lot of value in that yeah and it's kind of it's, it's what's the opportunities that i have so far and it's what's always provided whatever is the next thing totally it's always it's basically you know, the, the, the function it has is for me to do my research and development in public yeah you know, that's, that's what those things are it's super interesting so, um, it's a very valuable it's super interesting for me to to like hear your story because like you know i follow your work online and it feels very refined and specific and a thing and then to know there's like 15 years uh starting at a at a pier <laughs> behind this and and how it came to be is yeah. it's very interesting to me i'm wondering like <clears throat> you know if somebody's listening and they're they're like follow of your work and they want to do something similar what what would you tell them to like really, what is a skill they should really develop to end up in a, in a spot where you are? Like say they've already got their art style, whatever, like maybe what's like a hard or soft skill that will really take them on a similar path to you? I think the thing that's sort of the hard one thing for me has yeah. been to kind of, to get a sense of what other people are seeing. So as opposed to sort of just just work away at something and go, oh, okay, that's something and, and put it online is to kind of yeah. make an assessment of what this looks like out like external to you do that though. Like how do you take yourself out of your own art and look at it with like a fresh third party perspective? I think it's just to make the determination of is it complete? Hmm. And if it is complete, what is it? You know, so that was the thing of making those short clips, you know, it's like say did it across the series of like five or six. Yeah. clips that suddenly garners this attention but that is on the back of 10 years of doing stuff that's just little run-ups to it and right. and it was that sort of clicking point of saying i know this is super vague but it's sort of like this is something and gotcha. it's that thing of it of it kind of like we were referring to before the joke structure or you know why why is this one thing satisfying or needs to be seen by someone else and it's such an intangible thing and there could be a million answers for it but you need one of them yeah you know no, i love that it makes it makes so much yeah. sense to me even though it feels vague like can i look at my art and say this is this is complete or like you know i i like didn't really go to town on the background because i didn't have time for it or like you know i skimped on this because like whatever but to take it and say like this is a finished product mm. and like deliver it like kind of like that like if you're 
I don't know, making dinner for somebody else, <laughs> kind yeah, of. It, yeah, it doesn't satisfy its function in, in that way. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you make dinner and you're like, do you want do you want tap water? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. you're like no. <laughs> yeah, I've got two constituent parts of the dinner, but no. Yeah. Carbohydrate. <laughs> you need pasta or potato. That's I really I I like seeing your animation as a joke is like a new concept for me, which I. I, I want to think about more afterwards and I want to like take a look at your, some of your stuff and like know that that's what the intention is. I think that's really interesting to me and to know that each piece is like complete on its own too. That's really cool. I'm wondering, you know, okay. we've talked about like the past, present, future, I don't know, stuff in between. Is there anything else that you think is uh, interesting to share with, with people who are listening? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no. I don't no. know. I can, I, I can only by. respond to questions. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> well, in terms of what I'm doing. Yeah. Or just in general, um, like if you think, I don't know, whatever, whatever comes yeah. to mind. Like if you've been Stuff like, coming I, wish, up that I want to I talk we talked about this the whole time. Like yeah. here's your chance. Right. Um, I'm just planning to do a lot more work. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I'm really trying to drill that down into is, is to, to sort of take stock and, you know, answer those questions that everyone needs to post themselves and like the one that you just posed to me i you know i, I don't have a complete answer like this, but it's just it's just trying you know so um what is the meaning of right life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i'll address next yeah <laughs> give some vague answer to it. um no it's uh, i kind of i i think recently i i forgot how i kind of go a bit mad if i'm not if i haven't got this output you know, mm. um, to do these, these wobbly characters. Mm. Um, and I'm starting to get that back again. It, it's a hard thing to stay excited when you're not doing anything um, for yourself or has no real um, looseness to it, I suppose. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, you need to keep, that, that's one thing that I've, I've started to appreciate because of the lack of it recently. Over the last few years, I really learned that creativity is a muscle and, you know, idea formation is just by rote, just, just filling sketchbooks and, and trying to get something and make, get one good idea. But like good ideas generally don't come in isolation. They come off the back of you know, a thousand yeah. insufficient ones, maybe, or, you know, the fact that it's kind of the only way to get really good creative output is to completely let go of fear. Hmm. And just do stuff that could be normally terrible. It just absolutely doesn't matter. You're in and like what? Like what sense? Like I'm afraid to draw this or like explore this. I'm afraid character. to do something that's rubbish. Or I'm afraid to step oh. out of my, you know, I'm afraid to step out of my style because that's what people know of me. And yeah. I go in the wrong direction from it. I might lose something or, you know, that, that kind of thing. I think, there's, I think to be absolutely sort of loose and honest with yourself and your work is, is a really hard thing to do. Yeah, and totally. it was the, 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 the longest longest lesson to learn as well I think so now it's and in my rambling way what I'm saying is I kind of um over the last year I've just kind of been completely consumed with, with commercial work and not carving out a bit of time for that as well I've, I've remembered that it's that these are easy things to say but they're harder things to enact and as soon as I go out of the practice or flexing that muscle of just drawing all the time coming up with concepts for the sake of concepts things that can springboard to other ideas that are really hard to to find otherwise 
I've learned the app, the value of it from the absence of it. So that's my focus for the next year is to kind of to reintegrate like a steady nice. practice of, of my own work as well to to aid my commercial work as well. I mean that's one of the things I found embarking on any commercial project. If there's a degree of looseness around the concept of kind of you interpret this, you know, you do what you you want with it. If you haven't, if you're not primed to come up with those ideas, that you can have a a nightmarish couple of days of or I do in, in my case it's kind of totally yeah banging my head against the desk thinking I will never have another original thought again until like something pops into my mind but historically if I'm in the practice of just kind of doing the stuff myself anyway and being quite regimented about it then it's a much um easier place to be you're making me want to go draw in my sketchbook right now. <laughs> I should go and draw in your sketchbook. I might yeah. just do that after this. <laughs> yeah, I haven't drawn yet this thing. year, just because I'm like, oh, it would. It's it's like I don't know. I have to get in the right mood, and I'm like, what's wrong with me? As I'm listening to you. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, it's it's getting in the right mood, isn't it? It's kind of it's, and I I, I really struggle with that. I was saying to a friend about it the other day, like, when I'm at my most happiest, it's probably when I manage to achieve a flow state, you yeah. know, and. And the thing that I absolutely cannot be bothered to do is attune myself to get into a flow state. Right. <laughs> it just—it feels like it just takes. It feels so like so much like, work. You're like, yeah, I'm just like sit here and draw for right now. an hour before. Yeah. So <laughs> Versus um, like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. I think that's great, and also I'm really excited to see what you. I think it's really interesting to me that you're you've reached this kind of like turning point, maybe it's coming soon or in the future, but like, I'm really excited to see what you come up with next. I think it's gonna be really interesting to watch how your work evolves or doesn't evolve at all, or maybe like retracts, or maybe it becomes rubbish, like you said, like, who knows? I'm, I'm just <laughs> excited to see what happens next. <laughs> yeah, next. you've got to open yourself as possible, isn't it? There is some stuff coming up, I can't talk about it yet. But, um, well, do you, as we're wrapping up, do you have any final final thoughts or anything else that comes to mind? Um, no, <laughs> that's fine. Totally fine. I hope this is being valued to someone. That's great. Well, I mean, we've exhausted the topic, I guess. <laughs> well, Laurie, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the chat. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really happy we got the chat. I've been following your work for so long and like, I'm just, I'm just happy to chat with you, honestly. You're <laughs> welcome. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's been great. Yeah, thanks for coming on the chat. And if you're listening and you want to, you know, reach out or follow Laurie, you can do so by checking him out on Instagram under Laurie Rowan or the same laurierowan.com for his website to see all his work and some features and some real other cool stuff that he's done. So that is all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out those links in the description of this podcast. And thank you again for listening, which I just said. Okay, bye. <laughs>